Welcome to episode 25 of Across the Bifrost, where Pat and I talk about Hawkeye and Black Widow. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment and shout out Discount Games Incorporated, which always provides a maximum allowed discount for any of your wargaming supplies, and Muse on Minis, high-quality gaming products made by gamers for gamers. If you're in the market for tokens or games, check out Discount Games Incorporated or Muse on Minis. Thank you all so much for listening, and without any further ado, here's that intro music, followed by episode 25. And without any further ado, here's that intro music, followed by episode 25. Somewhere across the Bifrost, way up high, there's a... On the line now, joining us as always, my dear friend Pat Dunford. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you, son. I am really excited to talk about these awesome new characters that we have to cover, Hawkeye and Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, these are the most, this is the most excited I've been for a release from Atomic Mass Games in a while. I'm really excited to talk about them. Before we dive into that, though, I did want to take a moment and uh, shout out anyone who uh, hasn't checked out the Patreon already. It's patreon.com slash across the Bifrost. You can support the podcast. You can get episodes a week early. You can get access to the Discord and a couple other things. Uh, a week ago, Pat and I just did like a Zoom hobby hangout. Where we just hung out with all the patrons. It was pretty fun just talking. There was video. You could see what people look like. It's, it's, uh, it's always interesting associating people's Discord names to their real life names. So that was a lot of fun. It's a fun challenge for sure. Uh, I think you were IT admin in that chat, so uh, you didn't really help us, but... I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we used my uh, we used my uh, small businesses <laughs> account there, and that's what the title is. So, yeah, no worries about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so obviously, oh, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, so TT, um, just now you said this is the most excited you've been for a release for a while. Why is that? I don't want to ruin the meat of the episode, but it's actually anything that manipulates uh, scoring, I think is really, really, really interesting. And I'm always impressed mm. with the way Atomic Mass Games is doing character development. Um, Killmonger is obviously the one that everyone thinks of, where he has a way to change the score without uh, falling in the normal ranks. And I'm excited to talk about Black Widow because of that. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm actually just as excited about Hawkeye. I think Hawkeye looks really, really cool. And I think I'll be including him in a lot of my rosters. Yeah, I think Hawkeye looks extremely versatile as well. And yeah, let's just jump on into it. So obviously, if people have been following along, we're obviously in some interesting times with COVID. We wish all of you good health. Now, Atomic Mass Games has stopped uh, production and release of models, not production, release of models in the U.S., but some other countries are still getting models, right? We had some incidents where Australia and New Zealand got some models, and I believe Black Widow and Hawkeye are actually shipping to Europe in the UK. Is that correct, Pat? Yeah, I'm happy to say um, that they are shipping in the UK, which is great news for me and to my fellow UK-based uh, MCP players. Uh, but they're all going out this week. And so that means that we've been able to see the cards for everything in that box set. Yeah, so it's a little like opposite of the distribution models and issues we normally run into. Um, so, uh, I, like I said, Pat, uh, it's like Pat said, we're going to talk about Hawkeye first, Clint Barton, Jay Larson's favorite character, and it's a really interesting character coming in right at three threats. Yeah, so Hawkeye is fragile, 
He's got four health on his healthy side and five on his injured side. So nine total um, is the lowest we've seen for a three-threat character. Um, he's got M movement, and then his defense is a four physical, which is really good, but only two energy and two mystic. So he seems like one of the squishier characters that you can take at that threat level. Yeah, we're definitely not taking him for his survivability. Um, and, and then kind of going over, we don't want to, we're not going to read all these things verbatim, but he doesn't have any mm -hmm. kind of defensive tech like um, Iron Man does, right? So he really is just as he presents himself. It's just like uh, four stamina and four physical defense. And like against the other ones, he's going to kind of crumble quickly. He does have one way he can kind of keep himself alive. Um, and, and that's actually fast draw, right, Pat? Yeah, so... Fast draw is one of his three superpowers. Um, it's reactive, and it means if he's attacked by an attacker who is over range three, then he can make an attack against them uh, when they target him. So what the cool thing about that power is it happens before they roll their dice. So Hawkeye could potentially daze or KO them to defend himself or he can apply a status effect to them, which is especially relevant with his suite of status effects. So I guess with that in mind, we should talk about his signature arrow shot. This is his single attack, but it is probably the most versatile attack in the game. Uh, it's five range, awesome. It's five damage, which is excellent for a free attack, and it gives power equal to damage dealt. Um, now, the reason it's so versatile is Hawkeye can have it be either physical or energy, and uh, on a wild, he can apply either bleed or shock or slow or poison. So it's an incredible toolbox attack that lets him do a lot of different things against different targets. Yeah, and like you said, if you're if you're going the fast draw, the odds of a full quiver is just over a coin flip. It's just over fifty percent. But if you think you might be able to survive the attack, you can toss out that shock early to kind of you know mitigate the damage that Hawkeye has incoming. Or you know you can throw out the bleed or something like that if you're going to look for a longer kind of attrition takeout, right? Yeah, I mean, bleed triggering on your um, opposing character's turn is pretty cute, right? Because it, the damage will happen straight away. Might force them to shake when you combine it with the damage that arrow shot is causing as well. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like you said, a lot of options. Uh, counting on full quiver is a little dicey. Like we said, it's about 50%, obviously. So if you take two attack actions, right, you're about 75% chance to land one of them. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's great. And, I, and it's one of those things where if it happens, it's fantastic. But again, I, I wouldn't go in counting on it. Uh, the other thing Pat said and uh, kind of blipped over is arrow shot, you can change or you can choose what attack type it is when you're declaring the attack, uh, which is, again, super flexible and a really cool dynamic to be introduced into the game. Yeah, it's similar to uh, Ultron has that in his, uh, his attack already, but this is on a long range attack that's free. It's going to come up much more often, which is really cool. And then in addition to this versatility from arrow shot, he also has the trick shot superpower, which adds kind of another layer of versatility on top because it lets him spend one power in order to have his next attack ignore line of sight and stop the defender from getting cover. So his attacks almost go into like so many different options, right? Because you like check one, do I want physical or energy? Check two, do I need to ignore line of sight or cover? Check three, if I've got a wild, what kind of effect do I want? So you have a lot of choices to make with just that one attack. Yeah, he's a really interesting character. One of the cute interactions with Trickshot that was pointed out on the Discord is you can use it as your last superpower on your um, turn. 
And then it would apply to your fast draw attack if you are able to get one of those off in the same round. So there's a lot of versatility there with him. I like that he has some ways to stay safe, staying at that max range five and ignoring line of sight. He can kind of mitigate how squishy he really is, right? Yes. Um, his main defense is definitely being out of range or out of line of sight of people who are attacking him. Um, trick shot helps with the latter. And then with the former, he's got the fact he's range five. And then he combines that with Hook Arrow, which is his last superpower, um, that lets him place within range three. Um, this is really good if you want to be aggressive. You can place and then make two arrow shots. But I think a lot of the time, because arrow shot generates you power and Hawkeye doesn't have a lot of great ways to spend it, you're going to be using it near the end of his activation after you've made your attacks to get away, right? And it's going to be difficult for people to attack Hawkeye if he starts at range five and then he places himself three away from that. It's just so far. Yeah, he's a really interesting character. I've only gotten him on the table once. I apologize. Uh, everyone that listens, it's, just, it's harder and harder for me to get games nowadays. And I did end up with Hawkeye ending up with a glut of power on him right before he was KO'd. He doesn't have a great way to dump all of his power out if your opponent isn't willing to... Uh, obliged with a lot of fast draws. Right. I think hook arrow is something you're going to use a lot because of that fact. Uh, it's the only thing that you can take advantage of every turn reliably. Trick shot is situational and fast draw, as you said, only works if your opponent obliges you. And so I can see him hook arrowing a lot. Um, and then after that, um, I think it depends if you've got a plan for how to spend his power. For example, maybe he's an appealing Wakandan just because he can reliably use the um, leadership to make rerolls and try and get wilds for full quiver. Um, or maybe you have specific team tactics cards in mind that he can fund with his excess power. Yeah, advanced R&D is obviously one that comes to mind. We've mentioned that a lot. I think he's a good mid-game advanced R&D character. He's obviously not going to be able to help you too much with that uh, super early, right? He's going to need a few arrow shots out there to get out there. The other thing is, mm -hmm. obviously, he synergizes really well with the Avengers affiliation ability, right? With hook arrow and trick shot. Obviously, they both take the reduction really well. And fast draw, again, if your opponent's willing, <laughs> you can get a lot of value out of that, too. But I'm going to say he, he's he, don't feel uh, obligated to stick him in the Avengers affiliation. Like I said, the, the power reduction, while it's great, again, I did end up personally with a glut of power on him. I definitely want to play it more, but don't be afraid to put him in places where he ends up paying full for his different superpowers. I, I don't think it's as big of a detriment as it is for some other characters. Oh, for sure. He can fund himself. He doesn't need the efficiency boost. And uh, it's a minor quibble TT, but I have to correct you on one thing. I know this is a new character and we're still getting the rules straight, but I don't want to spread disinformation to our listeners. Trickshot costs one power, so it can't be reduced by Captain America's leadership because you reduce powers oh, to a minute. Right. Yep. Which is pretty important. Point. Thing that He would otherwise use every turn, probably straight away on one attack. Um, but even so, you're, you're probably planning to hook arrow every turn, and you certainly will if it only costs one power, right? And then having extra potential for discount on fast draw is great. Yeah, like I said, when I, in my one test game, I did play him and Widow in Avengers. He was very solid, uh, a really interesting three-point character. Fills a different role um, than what he does, than what other three-point characters in Avengers typically fill. But we'll kind of talk about that in the after the credit scene. So... Uh, my recap is that I really like Hawkeye. I'm happy for an addition. I think he's a great range attacker. And I was, again, impressed that he he's just, you know, he fills a different role than the different attackers. We have very few characters that are straight duplicates, if that makes sense. 
definitely. I think he's probably our most versatile, not versatile, that's not the word I want to say. He's our most mobile ranged attacker, right? Um, and he is a character that's going to do things that traditionally are really annoying to deal with in miniatures games, right? Keep your arm's length, do things like move short, move forward, shoot you and move backwards, right? Shoot you twice and run away. And he's probably going to be one of those characters that is just going to be so annoying because you always think, well, if I get to him, I can take him out pretty easily. But he's just such a pain to reach if your opponent is playing him well. Um, I guess the counter to that or one downside he might have is he's going to be pretty lousy at actually contesting objectives, right? And making sure that you stay ahead on victory points. Yeah, he definitely wants to be holding something and moving away from you. He doesn't want to have to stay somewhere or be anchored to some spot on the board in order to score victory points. I 100% agree there. Yeah, I mean, Hook Arrow, though, makes him incredible for carrying extracts. He's really good on Rakandan Herbs or any time when you have one of those two victory point extracts like Alien Ship or Skrull. He seems just fantastic for those. Nope, I definitely agree. So is there anything else we need to cover about Hawkeye or can we go on to Natasha Romanoff? There's one thing I wanted to cover, just as a, a small point, uh, which, and it may be it's a useful thing to talk about because it provides a minor thinking point on how to evaluate new characters and new powers. But um, obviously, we've just had these characters released at the time of recording. We've known about them for about a week or so. And um, Looking at what people are getting excited about, the thing that I've seen come up so much is talking about fast draw and how good it is. And I just wanted to call out, hey, fast draw is not that good. Um, and I think the reason people... <laughs> I, and I just want to explain why. Like, fast draw is actually a bad superpower. It's real bad um, in comparison to other powers we have. So first thing about fast draw is if you give your opponent credit, and assume they're a thinking, rational person who is going to generally make good decisions in the game, fast draw is much, much worse than stealth. Right? Because fast draw requires power and gives your opponent the option of whether or not they attack you. They choose, and they can choose to either risk the attack or not attack you. Stealth is always on, it costs nothing, and doesn't give them the choice. It just forbids them from making the attack. Right? And no one is saying, oh, stealth is a great power, right? It's fine. But I don't hear people discuss stealth is amazing. Um, and I think it's relevant to think more about stealth because, of course, we're going to look at Black Widow, who is our second Black Widow and the second character to have stealth. Um, but because Fast Draw has that potential, right, it creates that dream situation in your mind of, oh, my opponent could attack me and I could like get loads of damage and take out their character and that could be amazing. I think people imagine the power as being better than it is, whereas actually it's a dissuasion power that's very narrow because of the range requirement. Two-thirds of attacks in the game have range three or less. Most things you're attacked by won't even qualify for fast draw. And then after that, your opponent makes a decision about whether or not they want to attack you. And even then, you still have to have the power to use. It's just, it's not great. I, I understand where you're coming from. I think a lot of people get excited because they look at, oh, two power, possibly one power, and I get a free attack, right? And they just yep. look at that in that vacuum. I think it's always important, just what Pat said, to assume your opponent is as good, if not better, at the game than you are, and that they're not just going to attack you with a bunch of low power attacks to trigger fast draw 900 times. 
so I understand <laughs> what you're saying. We're comparing it yeah. to stealth. Um, I think it's interesting. You can do things to encourage the ability to react with fast draw. We talked about giving him a strong extract and then kind of hook arrowing away so he you can maximize the distant the table distance between you. Uh, but I agree. If, if you're looking at just a pure survivability standpoint, stealth is definitely a superior power to fast draw. I will also say the other double-edged thing about fast draw, and I ran into this in my one test game, is I actually gave my opponent three stamina, or three uh, power. Three power? Because I did yeah. three points of damage to him, and I'm like, oh, that probably is bad. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, keep it in mind uh, when you're using it. It's not all positives to immediately interrupt someone and make an attack. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward, though, to the silly situation where Hawkeye squares off against Hawkeye, and they just keep shooting each other until one of them falls over. I'm not really looking forward to that. I actually could see myself having to, you know, I, I hear the judge call right now. I walk over to the table. I look down. I'm like, oh, okay, we have to do this. That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think that's enough about Hawkeye. I, I like Hawkeye as my short recap. I'm excited to fit him in. It'll be interesting whether him and Iron Man fits in. But in the after the credit scenes, patrons, uh, we're going to be talking about how Hawkeye and Black Widow fit into existing Avengers rosters and other rosters and where we kind of see them going in. Because Avengers is getting kind of busy. There's a lot of Avengers out there. Yeah, we're up to, what, 10 characters now? So it's pretty full. <laughs> so next up, we have Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., the character that TT is the most excited for in a long time. Um, So, TT, what do you like about this character? Stealth. It's incredible. It's so powerful. It's one of the (laughs) most powerful superpowers in the game. (laughs) (laughs) It only works against about a third of the attacks, and even then they can just move towards you. The, my point isn't stealth is great. My point is fast draw is bad, okay? That's what you should be taking away from this comparison. Oh, I listened to a podcast and they told me stealth was fantastic. Is that not true? Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I'm really excited for two reasons. A, uh, and this one is kind of weird, but it's kind of nerdy. I'm really excited to see our first, second iteration of an existing character we have. There are so many story arcs and so many different ways you can go with characters that I'm excited to explore, uh, you know, different characters, even from a different timeline and see them incorporated into the same game. From like a fluffy fanboy standpoint, I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, it's really cool. I think the original Black Widow from the core set feels like the classic Black Widow, right? She has the costume that's almost like the 60s Black Widow. And... This new version feels like a modern Black Widow, right? So uh, a character that appears in comics in the last five to ten years has more cool tech and is more of a badass. Definitely. And she is a badass. Yeah, she's so, real good. So uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but obviously interrogation is the reason I'm really, really excited about her. And we'll kind of, I, I think we'll kind of wrap up with that on her. So to quickly recap, there are definitely some differences between this Black Widow and the other. The first being is she is three threat as opposed to two. Um, same mm-hmm. height, uh, five stamina with five on the backside. Yeah. Um, so and then her defenses are, yep, her defenses are four, three, three. Yeah, 433 is good, right? It's about average. Like 333 is very slightly below average. Anything that goes over three is great. And physical is the most common kind of attack. So having four physical defense is very good, especially as she still wants to play quite close to the enemy. 
Um, and you're going to see a few more physical attacks there. The other thing on her, the top of her card that is very different from the original Black Widow is she's slower, right? She's wearing more armor. She's only medium instead of long. Yeah, and I actually think that's a big difference. And this is one of the things that's going to be confusing as you, we, we do start bouncing between the same iterations of characters, right? We ran into this in um, War Machine when they started doing this and other games as well is there, there are some negatives as well. It's kind of easy to mix these things up in your head, but she's definitely speed medium. And that really changes kind of where she can get to first turn. Yes, it's big, big impact. Um, one thing that I think Widow really has going for her is she has a really cool suite of attacks. Her free attack is automatic pistol. I love this attack. It's only range three, power four, but it gives one power after the attack is resolved and it has the rapid fire rule, which is awesome. Rapid fire lets you make a second attack if you target the same character as your original attack. So she gets two four dice attacks and gets two power for it. And that seems pretty good to me for a free attack. Yeah, it's interesting. So she doesn't have the normal strike attack, which we've come to expect, right? Which is your free attack, you gain power equal to the amount of damage done. Instead, she for one action, right, she gets two attacks and she generates two power off of it. Uh, Synergizing yeah. Cabal really, really well. Yeah, really well, right? If you can live the dream and get four power off it. It's also funny because I think it's really nice to have cheap attacks that are low damage, high power generation, because often you don't want to give your opponent a little bit of power and a little bit of damage, and you just want to get as much power for yourself as possible. But I can see her pistol being an attack where you're hoping you don't damage because you're thinking, oh, I really hope I don't take this character out in one attack because I really want to get the second power. Mm, yeah, I can see that happening. And then, of course, you end up spiking there. Your standard deviation just ends up a bit yeah. high. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're probably not going to be too sad about it, but it might throw a spanner in your plan. Throw a spanner in your plan. Ooh, that's a great, yeah, that's great. Is that it? A spanner uh, so, in the works? A wrench in your plan? Uh, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, no, I like it. I dig it. Uh, the next <laughs> one is uh, Tear Gas, which is the one that they spoiled on the Atomic Mass game stream. You should always check those out. They're super interesting. But it's an area two, four dice attack for two power. And it's really cool to see another area two attack on the board. And this one's interesting for a power denial standpoint, right? The target character does not gain power for damage dealt by this attack. And then after this attack is resolved, the target character gains poison special condition. So that's really powerful. Yeah, this is an, a second attack, which you're using more for the rules than you are for the damage, right? Just like pistol, you're mainly want it for the power generation. Tear gas, um, it's nice to do damage and you're happy if you do because they don't get any power from it. But being able to apply poison in an area um, combining with the fact they're not going to get any power from the attack makes for an awesome denial strategy if you can position her to hit more than one enemy. Yeah, when they when they leaked this on stream, I was more excited thinking about an area attack being coupled with the long movement that we saw from the first Black Widow. With a medium movement, I'm not as sure you're going to get these sweet area attacks, but I mean, you can always just count it as a single target attack. And again, for, for that, it's, it's still really, really powerful. Yeah, and we'll get to it very soon, but she does have another movement ability. It's situational, but it might help her to position uh, for tear gas. And this is um, her parting shot ability. It might also let her move up tear gas that escape um, away from retaliation. So I think there's some synergy there. Yeah, before we jump into that, let's just wrap up the attacks. Obviously, she has Widow's Kiss next, which is an energy attack. Two range, six attack dice, uh, three power. You may add one die to the attack roll for each special condition the target can target. Excuse me. 
you may add one die to the attack roll for each special condition the target character has. That's obviously interesting. Uh, I don't think this is something you'll build around, but there are some clear synergies with Hawkeye and other characters that can toss out conditions. And then choose a wild push. Mm -hmm. Before damage is dealt, the character may push the target character away small. Yeah, um, I think this is cool. I agree with you that I think building around the conditions is a trap. We've had some discussion about it on our Patreon Discord already, and people have been trying to do it. And the benefit that you get is just not worth it, right? The fact of the matter is, if you apply lots of conditions to somebody, then they're already taking a lot of damage, and you don't need to daze them as much because they've got all these conditions on them. So I think the extra damage that you're doing with Widow's Kiss is just a bonus. Um, this is just a perfectly serviceable power spending damage at dealing attack. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it too. The obvious target for Widow's Kiss, which is actually funny because the original Black Widow did this really well. Characters like Hulk that have this huge ablative hit point box who might, over the course of a couple activations, accumulate more conditions than normal characters would. That's kind of the use case I see for this really having the most di the most uh, bonus dice being associated with it. Again, it's not something I'm going to count on. Would it be really cool to get nine bonus dice? Yeah, but like, I don't know. The amount of work <laughs> hurdles I feel like I'd have to go through for someone to have that would be a, a lot. Yeah, I, one thing I'd say is there are a couple of things that are cool combos that maybe you can find room for in, a, in your roster without twisting the entire character and tactics card selection around it. But I'm thinking about any time where something adds more than one condition is going to be especially appealing with Rideau's Kiss. And the two for me that spring to mind, the first is um, Proxima Midnight, right? She can add three conditions mm -hmm. in a single attack. And the second is the team tactics card Trip Up. Is it Trip Up that applies Stun and Stagger? Which are things that you might have anyway, but definitely get quite a bit better in combination with Widow's Kiss. Uh, yes, that is Trip Up that applies Stun and Stagger. And yeah, those would be, again, yeah, some great combinations there. Um, I do think it's important what Pat said. Similar to Proxima, as characters that come out that can apply multiple status effects with a single action, whether that's a superpower and attack, I'm going to rank that up a little bit higher. Uh, but there is some cute synergy with Hawkeye, and I think it's cool that the two of them in the same box have some clear synergies into each other, right? Yeah, plus, of course, she's synergizing with her own tear gas. It's worth mentioning that tear, a poison from tear gas works incredibly well with stun, so maybe you want to pair her with a character that can apply stun because it works both with her tear gas and her widow's kiss. So... Stun stops you from generating more than one power. Um, tear gas makes you remove a power in the power phase, and it's great against all the Asgardians. It's great against Hulk. Um, it's a nice option to have because characters like Thor are so popular right now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting like power starvation game you can go, or power advantage game. And I think that's something kind of could be fun to explore. So she's got some pretty incredible reactive superpowers. Uh, we talked about the first one. It's parting shot. After an attack target, this character is resolved. The character may use his superpower. Uh, the attacking character suffers one damage. And then this character uh, may advance away from the attacking character short. So it's a way that she can just increase her movement. It's really cool if she's holding an extract and trying to run away from someone, trying to kite someone. And it's possible you could walk back into stealth range, right? Where they no longer can target you with the second attack. Yes, I think it's actually very strong for that reason. Because she's got stealth, um, 
it's quite difficult to set up a situation where you're in range of your attack easily and also stay in range for your second attack. Stealth helps with that, but also just the fact that you're going to walk out of range of range two attacks, right? So you kind of need to be, if you're the attacker attacking Widow, you need to have a long range attack, but start really right next to her in order to reliably get two attacks on her. And I think that situation is not going to be very common. Yeah, I definitely think you need to plan out how you're going to be attacking Widow and going for the days. Uh, because, yeah, definitely with Parting Shot, could be some interesting things thrown in. The same we kind of run into with Loki, right? You just you need to approach the plan. You need to approach uh, attacking either one of those with a plan. Otherwise, you could end up you know, doing more uh, good for your opponent than negatives. Yes, and, and of course, last the extra damage is not bad either. I like that it's one damage, so it's very... As the defender, you can calculate it, right? You can decide if giving the attacker exactly one power is worth it for you in comparison to counterattack from her original incarnation where it's random. And sometimes it works out great for her, but sometimes you end up just giving their attacker enough power to finish her off. Yeah, similar to what we talked about with a uh, fast draw, right? Sometimes you don't want them to have a whole bunch of power. Yeah, exactly. The, so really her, her incredible superpower, right, outside of stealth is interrogate, uh, which is a really, really powerful reactive ability. Pat, do you want to walk us through it? Yeah, it's unique, unlike anything we've seen in the game so far. It says, at the start of the cleanup phase, so I want to call out, this is why it's reactive, because it happens at a weird time. It doesn't happen in her turn. It's not part of her activation. It doesn't get discounted with the Avengers leadership because of that. It says, at the start of the cleanup phase, if this character is within range two of one or more dazed enemy characters, it may use the superpower, its controlling player increases the amount of victory points they score from crisis cards during this cleanup phase by one. Now, I don't know exactly why that wording is what it is, but what this means is you score one additional victory point. Yeah, so let's be clear on this. You don't hold one additional for every extract that you hold or things like that. You don't get one additional for each gamma shelter that you're controlling. You get a, a singular extra victory point, but that's still incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, there's so few ways to get extra victory points. Um, and this is a way that, in theory, you could take advantage of this every turn and you can get multiple extra victory points over the course of the game, which in a close game is going to pull you very far ahead. Yeah, I, I think it's just amazing. It's the reason that I'm super excited about her. Any time that we're introducing something, another way to score victory points, whether that's usurp the throne or interrogate, I'm really excited. And the fact that this just comes on a three-threat character. I don't have to take up a team tactics card slot. The character itself, as we kind of walk through, is incredible. There's so much versatility there. Stealth makes it so she's basically invincible, basically immune to damage. <laughs> I really like interrogate package. And I really, really love it being repetitive and being, like Pat said, it just it comes on a really nice character package. Yeah, she's very threatening, right? Um, it reminds me of Killmonger, where when Killmonger's on the table, you're so scared of Azur the Throne giving two victory points. You always have to be mindful of where he is. You always have to play around him. And I think it's going to be similar with Widow. You're going to be so scared of her getting extra points that you have to be really cautious about your placement and which characters are putting themselves in a lot of danger. Um, and it's going to be really hard to play around her partly because of stealth in that you can't just take her out from a distance. At some point, people are going to get close to her, and at that point, you're running that risk of interrogate. 
Yeah, and when you're attacking into her too, be careful. She might not be in range for interrogate and her activation, but with parting shot, there's a chance she could move into it. With Avengers Assembled, there's a chance she could move into it. You might even daze her early, and if the Widow player, I think field dressing is a great card with Widow, right? It resets the clock. If we field dressing late, there's a chance that she doesn't get dazed in that entirely that round. Just gives us that additional interrogate that maybe the opponent wasn't thinking. I think she's really strong, and I was I really enjoyed her in the one game I did get with her, and I'm really looking forward to more. Yeah, it makes me think, by the way, Field Dressing is also a good card to use against her, right? If you get your character Daze, they activate Widow and one run in, and then you Field Dressing? No, absolutely. That's a great, yeah, great counterplay. Mm. Yeah, but um, I think she is incredibly cool. I think she's going to play very differently to Hawkeye. Um, they're both pretty mobile characters, but she really wants to be getting up close, right? Her longest range attack is three, um, and she's a character that is probably going to spend quite a lot of time yo-yoing in and out of the fight, right? Where she runs in close to use her tear gas, her attacks, and to interrogate, and then ends up using parting shot to escape some of the retaliation that she's going to incur. No, absolutely. And like I said, she doesn't, on her face value, look like she makes a great Avenger, right? She doesn't really utilize the Avenger's uh, power reduction great. I mean, parting shot is fantastic, right? But she has a bunch of ways to generate power. She doesn't have a great way of dumping them out, in my opinion. Uh, so she doesn't on her surface look like a great Avenger, but I really do love her when coupled with Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble plus Parting Shot can get you into some really interesting places, and she really benefits yo-yoing in and out of a combat if Cap is in that combat, right? She can get up there, she can stand next to Cap, obviously, get in there, tear gas, you don't necessarily need to move around immediately, because you know you have at least one bodyguard to how to help mitigate the incoming damage. Oh yeah, she loves being near Captain America, for sure. She's exactly that kind of character who wants to be close in the action like he is and will benefit so much from his bodyguard. Yeah, and that's really the biggest synergy I found with her in the Avengers thing, more so than obviously the power reduction. So you mentioned Avengers Assemble is really good for her, and I definitely agree. Obviously, letting her position outside of her activation to use Interrogate is awesome. Are there any other cards that you can see being a good synergy with her or with Hawkeye? We mentioned Field Dressing. Um, I think Field Dressing is an incredibly strong card to begin with um i also really like mission objective obviously all the time but i kind of even like it a little bit more with them is there something else you had in mind i mean obviously all the movements oh yeah i've got one in mind tt both of these characters have four physical defense and they do both have really good physical attacks for doom prophecy hawkeye is throwing out nine dice arrows with the wild for full quiver and Black Widow has got rapid fire on her pistol, so with Doom Prophecy, she can make four eight dice attacks, or Tear Gas, which is an area attack, goes up to eight dice as well. And this is eight dice that double power. Jacob from Xavier uh, Protocols, uh, he and I talked about it in the Patreon Discord. I, I did actually use Doom Prophecy and Hawkeye in my one game. That was my pledge to Jacob, and I followed through on it. And I was <laughs> underwhelmed. Um, I, I, I don't mind going into it a little bit, but basically I, I spent a team taxes card. Essentially I spent a team taxes card. I spent three power on it and I gained eight dice over two attacks, which is not nothing. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Eight dice for two attacks is a lot. Um, but I do like it on widow a lot more. I like being able to double dip. I like more attacks coming out of it. I really, really like the, um, <clears throat> as, as obviously right. The more value you can get out of it with multiple attacks, Obviously, the more benefit you get out of it. And it working on tear gas and the automatic pistol, like Pat said, I think is huge and something definitely worth exploring. 
Yeah, it seems strong, right? It's not every day that we get a character that can reliably make more than two attacks a turn and has four physical defense. Um, and on top of that, she's only three threats. So it's not the end of the world if she does get quickly dazed and KO'd after that. She'll do a huge amount of damage. Yeah, I think the biggest synergy for me is then tear gas turns into an eight dice. You don't gain power from this attack. I mean, that, that's insane. Yeah, right? it's nuts. Yeah. And um, I mean, and the burst damage from automatic pistol against a single target, if you just, it's exactly what you want for Doom Prophecy, right? Which is if you absolutely have to take out that target before they go, Doom Prophecy her and just roll 32 dice against them. Is it 32 dice? It's eight. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Four, four automatic yeah. pistol attacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got there. I figured it out. I can do math. <laughs> so no, I, I like Doom Prophecy a lot. I, I, I don't. I'm curious what you end up actually thinking about Doom Prophecy and Hawkeye. I, I don't think it was as enticing as it uh, kind of shook out to be. Uh, I understand that I can have this super amazing uh, fast draw, but you know what? Like no one, just no one's going to trigger it. Why would they ever? So why would they ever trigger? It? Definitely agree. So the reason I bring it up is because I think Widow is fantastic with Doom Prophecy and Hawkeye's fine. Um, and it's nice because I think you'll often see them in teams together because of their own tactics card, which we'll talk about in a second. And I like it when my team has a plan A for a card, but also has a backup plan. Because sometimes you can't do your plan A. Sometimes just the game doesn't work out. Your opponent stops you. And it's nice to be able to use it in some other way. I definitely agree that it's good to have multiple targets for Doom Prophecy, unless you're doing it in some kind of controlled manner where you can almost guarantee priority and you can use it right at the top of a round or something like that. Um, I will shout mm -hmm. out that Captain America is actually not a bad Doom Prophecy character to kind of finish out a game with. Um, you can end up yep. with two shield throws, right? Tossing out eight dice, looking for those ricochets to trigger another shield throw. Um, so again, mm -hmm. right, same general idea. I'm looking for ways to generate additional attacks off of it. And Cap is an interesting one to toss in there since we, I, I think they really have a great home in Avengers, though they could definitely fit in other affiliations as well. Mm, for sure. So let's talk now about the tactics cards that come in the box. There's two, right? We've got professionals and we've got heavy firepower. I mean, there's really only one card in the box, but yes, we can talk about both. Of them. <laughs> okay, so which is the one card that you're excited to talk about? Heavy firepower. It's got War Machine on it, of course. <laughs> I said you're not being uh, completely honest about that, but heavy firepower, you're right. It's, it's fine. It's a little bit underwhelming. It's an unaffiliated card that lets you pay two power uh, and meet a situational requirement to do two extra dice of damage for a single attack. Um, it's a bit like a long-range version of 1-2 Punch. Um, it seems fine, but I don't think that I'm going to rush to include it in my rosters. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think of a situation where I'm actually going to drop this into any roster. Um, situational, additional dice, it just seems kind of... Yeah, it's... We've seen it before. It's it's a fine addition in case you don't have one two punch. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you just want to build a team that is pillow fisted, you know, they just really struggle to deal damage, and you want to show up that weakness with some cards that let you easily deal a little bit of extra damage. It's okay, but yeah, I'm struggling to say anything about this card. It does have War Machine on the art, like I said, though. That's kind of cool. It's cool. I like the art of War Machine and Captain Marvel kind of menacingly hovering above. 
It looks awesome. It's the second card with War Machine on. Uh, not quite as good as his original entry into MCP, which was, of course, was drop off. Arguably the best card in the game. Uh, but hey, he's on two now. It is arguably the best card in the game. It's something I think, uh, I don't think it's the best card in the game, but might rival it, might actually end up being Professionals. <gasps> okay, so tell us about Professionals. It's an unaffiliated active card, and it does require Natasha Romanoff and Clinton Barton. It's worth pointing out that it's Natasha Romanoff, which I believe right now is still both of the Black Widows. Is that correct, Pat? Yeah, so this is a slightly confusing point, um, but they've clarified it um, on their Facebook. But right now, the two Black Widows have different names. So one is Natasha Romanoff, one is Natasha Romanova. Uh, Romanova is in the core set. And what they explained is uh, Marvel actually asked them to change the name. So they Marvel asked them, said, no, we've changed our minds. We're going to go from Romanova to Romanoff. So Natasha Romanoff is the same person. And Romanova from the core set is going to have her name changed in an errata so that they are both Natasha Romanoff. Yep, so we, you can use it with either one of them. Um, they each must spend two, so it's going to cost you four power total. And it's a little wordy, and unfortunately, I'm just going to read the card to you. I apologize. If Clinton Barton damages a character with an attack this round, and Natasha Romanoff is within range two of said damaged character, you may move one asset or civilian token from the damaged character to Natasha Romanoff. She is now holding that token. This card does not allow the character to hold more tokens than the crisis specifies. So once again, this is a card playing in largely uncharted territory, right? It's one of very few ways in the game to move uh, objective tokens between characters. And it's another way that Widow can help you to get ahead on victory points. It's an incredible card. Uh, I'm really excited for it. it it's great. Uh, there's not a huge amount of play around for it, right? I mean, mission objective doesn't help you keep that on just because of the wording on it. I think it's really, really cool. And if we're already taking Natasha to try to leverage up that plus one victory point in the end of the round, stealing an objective token can be huge. Yeah, really huge. I think the main thing that's challenging for this card uh, in terms of using it is the requirement to trigger the effect is actually very demanding. So you're going to pretty much always be doing it in Clinton Barton's turn because it's an active card that requires him to damage a character. It's not... Uh, now, it is round, so I suppose in theory, if you're really optimistic, you can hope that they let you get a fast draw, but that's asking way too much in my opinion. Um, you're probably going to play it in his turn. Um, and you need to have him activate and target a character that Natasha is already near, um, which is going to be difficult because if you activate her too soon, she's going to get taken out. Um, if you activate her before the target that you want to attack with Barton, then that target can move away. Um, and in either case, if your opponent knows what you're up to, they could also target Barton himself or Natasha. And if either one of them becomes dazed, then the plan's not going to work. It's an interesting card for sure. And it's one that is, uh, like you said, there, there are a lot of restrictions on it. In my one game again with him, I was able to use professionals. And I guess, shout out to Jacob, I was fairly confident a Doom of Prophecy Hawkeye was going to deal damage to a character. So I felt pretty good about it. 
Um, what I actually was able to do, um, and, and this is, I guess, a little interesting, is as um, Natasha moves up at the end of an activation. I know I get priority into the next round, right? Hawkeye goes, mm-hmm. Doom prophecies himself, shoots something with professionals. He actually is able to get a reasonable amount of um, power off of it. And I actually used follow-up so Natasha could go immediately afterwards and get somewhere safe. Um, so don't get me wrong. Mm. It's a huge power investment I did. It's also an insane amount of cards. I don't actually think it's that good. But interesting ways to move them in and out. Obviously, the one that we always talk about is Avengers Assemble is, is a very easy way mm-hmm. to try to help mitigate this a little bit. Um, so it does require some setup, but but I I really like it. Now, whether it makes your roster is another conversation, right? Yes, it's the kind of card that is so demanding in how you use it that even if I plan to take both the characters, I don't know that I'd be brave enough to always have it in my five because there's a lot of cards that are easier to use but are also very powerful. Yeah, this isn't actually as linear or straightforward as Usurp the Throne, right? Where Usurp the Throne is such a bully card, this is kind of, it's, I'm over-exaggerating and being a little bit punny, but it's almost like a house of cards, right? You need so many things to kind of go your way and so many placing things to go your way. And what we talked about earlier, I, I think it's really important to always assume that your opponent is as good of a player as you are at the minimum. And there is a lot yeah. of counterplay to professionals. Yes. Another thing that I want to talk about is when you're constructing your turn, you're, in order to use professionals, you have to make a plan where Natasha is really close to the target but hasn't done attacks against them. And Barton is able to attack them but isn't planning to finish them off because you're basically creating a situation where in order for this card to be good, it needs to be easier for you to trigger the demanding condition than just have Natasha and Barton just shoot the guy and then pick up the token from their body. You know? Because that's the other way you get tokens off characters. You just daze them. And mm-hmm. I don't know that this is... Like, <laughs> I think it's just easier a lot of the time to just daze that target rather than to jump through these hoops. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, there's some tanky uh, characters we've talked about, Captain America, Black Panther, you know, models like that that we want to get mm-hmm. tokens on top of. So, yeah, I think it's a really cool card. I love the unique effect, but it seems really, really hard to actually use and get value out of. Yeah, and we've talked about this on the Asgard Affiliation Review and a couple other episodes. For me personally, to take a team tactics card into my roster that has two character restrictions on it, I have to be reasonably confident that in like over 70% of my games, I'm going to be taking those two characters. And while I really like Clinton and I really like Miss Romanoff, I, I can't say for sure that I'm going to be taking both of them in that many games. Uh, two three-point characters puts me at six. Cap puts me at 10. I'm just, I'm not sure I love that. When we talk about Avengers is kind of super spoiled and there's a glut of characters we can slide. Yeah, I also think that if I'm even if I'm building around these characters and I'm planning to try and maximize them in my team composition, I don't think professionals is the first card I reach for, right? We've already talked about Avengers Assemble, Field Dressing, and Doom Prophecy. I think all of these are better combo cards uh, with these two characters than professionals are. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And then obviously we have the rest of our team that we have to be able to support with uh, support with cards as well. So, uh, while I do think it's cool, I really, really, really like it. I'm really excited about it. I'm way more excited about it than heavy firepower. I'm just, 
outside of testing it, I'm right now. My gut says I'm not going to take this as often as I probably want to. But I, I'm really excited for the design direction. I'm excited to see Atomic Mass mm-hmm. Games explore these kinds of avenues. And there are definitely times when this card can be a home run swing. And there are going to be times oh, yeah. when it's super memorable because it hit for you and it'll make for some great tabletop stories. Yes, for sure. Uh, I love it too. I think it's incredibly cool. So Pat, what do you think about this box? I, I love it. I'm, I'm super excited to get my hands on. Yeah, me too. Um, I like it for a lot of reasons. Um, I like it because I really like both of the characters in it, both in terms of, I mean, Black Widow and Hawkeye are two of the more famous Avengers, right? It's really cool. Uh, to have them but i also like the fact as you mentioned it's our first remake but it's different so i don't feel like having two black widows in the game at this point is in any way detrimental i think it's awesome to see the character in two different ways and i like um how interesting these characters are hawkeye is super efficient uh, and very focused widow is very unique and very versatile um, I think both of them will be really popular. And for me, I would consider them in any affiliation. I think they're characters who I'm really excited to assemble and try out in different teams. Yeah, I think that kind of summarizes my feelings as well. I love that they fit really well into the Avengers affiliation. They fill roles. They think they're needed. I can see them slotting in. There's some clear synergies we talked about. But I'm also really excited to see them out of that as well. And I think it's great whenever we introduce characters that they affect multiple affiliations and a whole bunch of different rosters. Before we move on, I did want to hit on real quickly what Pat said. Like I said, uh, Natasha is being errated or FAQ'd, whatever we want to call it, to have the same alter ego. Um, and it's worth noting that just you can't have multiples of the character with the same alter ego. So you can't double down on stealth and really leverage that superpower. Unfortunately, you're only going to have one Romanoff in your roster. So that's just important to point out because I think some people might have blipped over and missed that. And it's our first opportunity for that really to come up. Yeah, um, another thing that's worth calling out in case people miss it, these two characters aren't on the Avengers card from the core set. At the time of recording, AMG has told us that they're going to update their website with an updated Avengers affiliation card. And actually, this is something that was talked about all the way back from the start of the game. It's in the rulebook um, that it says over time, characters will be added to affiliations, will be updated on the website. So this is not a surprise, um, but I just wanted to call that out in case anyone is scratching their heads about why we know these two are going to be in the Avengers. All right, Pat. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really loved covering this box of Black Widow and Hawkeye. You can pick it up in your local game store soon if you live in Pat's side of the world. If you're over here in America with me, obviously stay safe. This will be over soon and we'll be able to stock up on toy soldiers before you know it. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Patreon, stay tuned for the after the credit scenes where we talk about how Clint and Natasha can fit into different rosters that we know and love already. Thank you all so much for listening. Till next time, everyone. Cheers and happy game. Somewhere across the Bifrost way up high there's a that I've heard of once in a lullaby Somewhere across the bifrost skies are blue 
that you dare to dream really do come true. Yeah, I liked it. I think I talked you down a bit on professionals, right? I assumed you would be more pragmatic about professionals than I am. I actually still think professionals is really, really good, but actually playing it in the game and getting it on the tabletop made me realize its limitations. I was able yeah. to get it to work, but the amount of hoops I had to jump through were astounding. And the other yes. thing is, as I'm rolling this nine dice attack for Hawkeye, I'm like, oh man, I hope this doesn't daze you. I just need to exactly. do one point of damage. Exactly. <laughs> Please That's, live through this. <laughs> I think professionals is actually a trap. It's so hard to pull off. It's much easier to just create, have a plan to daze the target than it is to actually use the card. But it's cool. It exists. So it's what fun. is the timing on it? If the attack dazes the character, does the daze drop it before you get to trigger the professionals move? Uh... I'm looking up the attack sequence now just because I'm not. It says damage and it doesn't say after the attack is resolved. So I think, yes, you'd apply the damage and then it would move. Even if you did drop it, the card would still apply, right? It's like you're damaged, you're dazed, the token goes on the ground, but I damaged you, so I now put it on Romanoff. No, I don't think so, because you would have to... The oh, target no, it has says to from, from the damaged damage character. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they drop it yeah, beforehand... Right. Yeah, no, you're right. As, I'm not super sure, but my I think... I'm pretty sure the intention would be she can get it, and I think the wording leaves it open to that. But you're right, it's not crystal clear. Yeah, but... um, <clears throat> No, I like it, uh, yeah. but yeah, just it was honestly getting it on the table is what made me realize, like, oh, this is a... Uh, Okay. Yeah, uh, it sounds I, great. You're like, oh, I can just run Natasha up and I can steal their thing. But actually, no, it's way harder than that. 